as a police officer did once. Yes, it happens every <laughs> once in a while. When a police officer did once, when I was driving through a school zone on like January 1st, yeah, Lily, how you doing? And the lights came on behind me, pulled me over. He goes, January 1st, there was new law, hands-free on cell phones and no cell phone in a school zone. So I'd broken two laws without any knowledge of that. And he was very kind to me. He gave me a warning. I like the warnings. I like when they're kind. But I was a lawbreaker by two counts. But I didn't know I was a lawbreaker. They changed the law. No law, no transgression. But with the law came the knowledge of sin. While there was no law, there was no knowledge of sin, yet sin still existed. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So today we're looking at the effectual promise of God, Romans chapter 4, verses 13, and we're going to get into chapter 5, verse 2. And we're going to see righteousness of faith, chapter 4, verses 13 through 16, strengthened in faith, chapter 4, verses 17 through 22, justified by faith, chapter 4, verses 23 through chapter 5, verse 2. I'm going to go ahead and read our first point, righteousness of faith, verses 13 through 16. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So righteousness of faith, verses 13 through 16. In verse 13, Paul refers to Abraham as the heir of the world, not just the Jewish people, but of the whole world. And he said it didn't come to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, if you even want to look this up online, on the internet, you've no doubt heard this, that Abraham commonly referred to as the father of three religions, that is of 
Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Yet Paul refers to him here as heir to the whole world, the father of us all. Paul expands it beyond merely three religions. He expands it to all the people groups throughout the world, but there is a catch to it. But he expands Abraham as father to all, and that means to all the people groups throughout the world. And by doing so, Paul disconnects the people groups that claim Abraham as their father, such as the Jews or uh, through his son Isaac or the Arabic nations through his son Ishmael. And although these people have a rightful claim through their DNA, they could, you know, have their saliva tested and, and trace it all the way back to Abraham, although they may have a physical rightful claim through their DNA, through their lineage, it's not enough to make Abraham the heir of the world because it excludes all the other nations of the world. As heir of the world, Paul presents Abraham as the father of faith, one who had attained righteousness in the eyes of God apart from the law, apart from circumcision, but by faith. He had obtained righteousness. It's a Greek word that refers to a character or quality of being right or just. And therefore, we are of Abraham's seed, not through the keeping of the law, not through circumcision, but by faith, not having faith in anything or anyone. It had to be in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. In Galatians 3, 16 through 18, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but of one, and to your seed. It's singular in the Old Testament. Paul wants to point that out in Galatians. And to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. If you remember in last week's message, I pointed this out several times, that Abraham came 420 years before the law and then I got corrected by God's word this week as I was looking at Galatians 3, 17, where Paul said it came 430 years later. I did my own math in the Old Testament and came up with the 420 year. I said about around, but I was apparently 10 years off and I got corrected. That's fine. But the point of the whole matter is still true whether 420 years before 430 years. The law didn't exist. Abraham was accounted righteous, not because of the law, because the law wasn't there, but because of his faith. And so we too are heirs by faith, verses 14 and 15. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law, there is no transgression. The Jews, through their laws, their sacrifices, their traditions, had a work for salvation mentality, as did the Judaizers, those 
Jewish and Gentile believers that we read about in the New Testament who taught that salvation came by faith plus works, faith in Jesus Christ plus the keeping of the Mosaic law plus being circumcised, faith plus works. They believe that it was through their works plus faith in Jesus Christ that someone was justified or made right before God. In Galatians 2.16, Paul said, Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh is justified. If the keeping of the law brings about our righteousness, then Paul argues here in Romans verses 14 and 15, that faith then is made void, a Greek word that means to make empty or to have of no effect. Faith then, if it's by the keeping of the law, what is faith? You don't need faith. All you have to do is what the word tells us in the Ten Commandments, follow these and by these you might live. Now, again, we're not dealing with our inherent sin nature, there's an issue that still needs to be dealt with because of Adam and Eve's fall. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But if we're able to come into righteousness by the keeping of the law, then all we have to do is keep the law perfectly all of our life, never fail, and then faith is made void then God's promise to Abraham is of no effect. But he also said that faith is made void, the promise being of no effect is a Greek word that means to render useless. Then that promise has no purpose. It's useless. It's a useless promise. No law, no transgression. The knowledge of the law brings about the knowledge of sin. You know, the law doesn't make men sinners. It makes them transgressors. Hence, sin has become exceedingly sinful. With the law came the knowledge of sin. And there was sin prior to the law, but there was no knowledge of sin. Today, we have laws. We have more laws than we know what to do with here in the United States. And according to those laws, many of them... I can probably say with confidence, every single one of us in this sanctuary, we are lawbreakers. We may not know the laws that we're actually breaking because there's so many out there, but we are lawbreakers. But when a police officer pulls us over, and as a police officer did once, when, yes, it happens every <laughs> once in a while, when a police officer did once, when I was driving through a school zone on like January 1st, yeah, Lily, how you doing? And the lights came on behind me, pulled me over. He goes, January 1st, there was new law. You can't hands-free on cell phones and no cell phone in a school zone. So I'd broken two laws without any knowledge of that. And he was very kind to me. He, he just said, he gave me a warning. I like the warnings. I like when they're kind. But I was a lawbreaker by two counts. But I didn't know I was a lawbreaker. They changed the law, and they do that often. No law, no transgression. But with the law came the knowledge of sin. 
while there was no law, there was no knowledge of sin, yet sin still existed. That's why Paul was able to write in Romans 7, 9, I was alive once without the law, and then the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The sin was there all along, but Paul had no knowledge of the law. But when the commandment came, when he came into the knowledge of the law, sin revived and he said, I died. He knew then that he had become a transgressor. Romans 5.13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. So God didn't judge people prior to the law, according to the law. But once the law came into being, once God gave the Mosaic law, then Israel being judged by the standard that they themselves as a nation said that we will obey. They made a covenant with God that they would walk in the ways of God. Then when they broke that covenant, they became transgressors of the law. But Abraham then, through faith, verse 16, he becomes the father of all. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the faith might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Righteousness comes by way of faith because God is accounting us righteous as a result of his grace. It is because of the grace of God that he sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's because of God's grace. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says of this, since the promise is by grace, the promise can only be received by faith and not by the law. The promise comes by grace, then the promise must be received by faith. This promise is to all the seed, not just the physical descendants of Abraham. Today, there are many physical descendants of Abraham and many different nations that came. We know, according to the Old Testament, that Abraham had more than just two sons. There were other nations that came from him. But the promise is to all the seed, not just the physical descendants, but the spiritual descendants as well, who is the father of us all. But it all comes by faith. It's not because we might be connected physically to Abraham, but it's through faith in the faith of Abraham, walking by way of faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, when we believe God through faith in Jesus Christ, righteousness then is put on our account. And the promise, and we can take that promise all the way back, it's Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read verses 2 and 3, where God said, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. I will make you a great nation, and I will make your name great. The promise of God given to Abraham there in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. But God repeated the promise. We're going to grab a couple of those as we continue through the message. Here's one of those in Genesis 17, 5. 
God said to Abraham, no longer shall you be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. No longer called Abram. We could say a father of a people or a father of a family, Abram. But Abraham, a father of many nations. Galatians 3.29, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promise, it comes by faith. If it comes by the law, then the promise is made of no effect. But if we belong to Christ, Paul said in Galatians 3.29, then you are Abraham's seed. We're part of the family. And the righteousness of faith then comes by way of God's grace. But also we find that we are strengthened in faith. Verses 17 through 22, we find it with Abraham here. In verses 17 and 18, in hope Abraham believed. In verse 17 and 18 he said, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him who he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed that he might become the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. As it is written, he said, I've made you a father of many nations. Last week we learned that righteousness was imputed to Abraham because of his faith. And now Paul goes into a greater detail concerning the great faith of Abraham. First of all, that Abraham believed God, who can raise the dead, who speaks concerning future events as if they have already occurred. The Lord speaking through Isaiah in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 God saying, remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, I will do my pleasure. God has revealed prophetically through his word things that have still not occurred in our world. But he has done these things that when they happen when these events take place we might be able to see the events that have been foretold in scripture as they're taking place understand that this was God and that's how God used prophecy in the Old Testament in the New Testament and still to this day there are prophecies that are waiting to be fulfilled and when that prophecy is fulfilled we'll say that this is God do you know that there is a prophecy about Damascus being utterly destroyed, never inhabited again? Damascus is known as the oldest continually occupied city in the world. People still are there today. But there's a prophecy kind of hanging out there where God said one day it will be uninhabitable. That hasn't happened yet. If it happens, if we're alive to see it, then we'll know that this is God. Do you know that Damascus keeps getting in the headlines today? That there are some pretty frightening things and chatter about weapons of mass destruction being buried underneath her city 
that if they had some event that would cause them to set off, that it could make the city uninhabitable. We have things in play that could make the prophecy of God become an actuality in our day and age. So it causes us to pay attention to these things. But I believe that here he's saying, Abraham believed God who is able to raise the dead, speak of future things as if they have already happened. In, in some sense, he's talking to Abraham. Abraham, he was not dead as far as his ability to father a child. But at this point, he's right around, if my math is correct, maybe next week I'll come back and say I was off a little bit. Well, this is when they came out in Genesis 12. When they initially were called, there was a glimmer of hope. All right, Sarah, if we hurry up, we can get this done. We can have this son. Sarah, 65. Abraham, 75. There's a glimmer of hope there. But by the time uh, we get in this portion that Paul is referring to, at least 10 years had passed. Abraham's around now 85 years old. Sarah, around 75 years old. All right, we're getting a, a little beyond the glimmer of hope here. So I was kind of wondering about these things. It's interesting, these records being set uh, in the 1990s, both of them. If you want to know records, who do we go to? Guinness Book of World's Records, right? You don't have to get the book now. You can just look it up online. So the oldest legal father, this is how they defined it, oldest legal father, the oldest ever man, I'm quoting, to father a child was reportedly less kindly. He lived from 1898 to 1998, who had his ninth child, a son named Oswald, to his third wife at the age of 92 years, 10 months. So the oldest recorded father, Guinness World Records, 92 years, 10 months when he fathered his son, Oswald. The oldest legal mother, and this is qualified by natural conception because there are older mothers who have given birth, but the conception wasn't natural. So medical science has helped in this area. August 20th, 1997, Dawn Brooke of the UK became the oldest natural mother when she gave birth to her son at the age of 59 years old. She conceived accidentally. How about that conversation at breakfast? Honey, <laughs> honey, oops. I was just getting ready to retire. There's a new <laughs> child coming. So here we have approximately about 10 years later, when Abraham was 85, Sarah was 75. Now they're getting into that contrary of hope phase. Yet this is when Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Genesis 15, 4 through 6. We looked at this a little bit last week, but it reads, Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Personally, I believe that Abraham expected to see a son within the year that he came out of this promise from the Lord 
He believed the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he went home and said, Sarah, <laughs> the Lord said, we're going to have a son. It's going to happen. And Sarah said, you've been saying that for 10 years. It hasn't happened yet. But Sarah did not become pregnant until she was 89 years old. And Abraham was 99 years old. He definitely got to the point of God who can raise the dead and give life and speak of those things as if they have happened that have not yet existed. They had to wait another 15 years from the time that God confirmed the promise to Abraham until Isaac was born. In hope of God's promise, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The effectual promise of God. Romans 4, 13 through 5, 2, we looked at today. And we have seen righteousness of faith Romans 4, 13 through 16, and we learned that the righteousness of faith comes by the way of God's grace. We also have seen strengthened in faith, Romans 4, 17 through 22, and we learned that Abraham did not waver at the promise of God, but was strengthened by faith. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.